what I'd like to do is I would like to go to Ephesians 1. So before I say that, I just, you know, it's in my heart to give everybody possibly on my team as much a break as possible. So you'll, you'll have no verses on the screen. You don't get to be lazy in Sunday school. You have to actually bring a Bible, you know. And so I, I guarantee you there will be no technological difficulties with your Bible, as there could be with the screen. So if you don't have your Bible with you, make sure next Sunday you do. Um, we've, we've made the church lazy, even though we, we do like putting it up on the screen. So bring, a, you know, bring a real Bible. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that will enable me not to have to give someone. Miss Colleen is a, is a blessing. She's been back in that booth for 50 million years. And so I told her, get out of the booth. Come enjoy with the people and open up your Bible and mark and learn yourself. Amen. So I'm going to go to Ephesians 1 and I'm going to pray over everybody, including myself. Hallelujah. So all I want you to do is just repeat after me. Amen. And I'm going to personalize it, but you can preach up, you can uh, repeat after me so you don't have to like figure out the personalization. So say, Heavenly Father, the Father of glory, I pray that this morning you would give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. My heart would be flooded with light, that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is exceeding greatness of your power towards me when I believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. You seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You have put all things under his feet, and then you gave him to the church to be the head of his body, which is me, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. You are the head of the church. We are your body. You are the head. You are the one that directs us. You are the one that leads us. You are the one that guides us. We are the one to fill all in all. We are the one to execute here on this earth while we're alive. Your plan, your will, your way. And so this morning, I pray like we did a second ago, that everybody's heart, including mine, would be flooded with light this morning concerning this uh, study on divine health. Amen. Miss Chloe, we're going to be all sitting on this side today just for the first service. So you get to join the Sunday school band. Amen. Hallelujah. So in, in st starting off, um, I, I love this subject, so I chose a subject that definitely is way more extensive and intensive than three weeks, but hey, I'll give, you, I'll give you some highlights, amen, praise the Lord. So there's a lot to be understood about this subject. First of all, I want you to understand this is not a formula. It's not a math equation, okay? So 
all you people that like to go that route, uh, th that doesn't work, okay? But I want you to understand that while I'm preaching and teaching and ministering to you, don't think of it as a formula. Like just one, two, three, and I've got it. You can get it, but it's not a formula. It doesn't work that way. So there's a knowledge, number one, and this is what we will deal with today, the knowledge of original design, the knowledge of original design and the character of God. If you don't have the knowledge of the original design of why we're even talking about divine health, why it even belongs to you, how it even belongs to you, you're not going to have that foundation. If you don't have put poor foundation in the house, your house is going to whoop, it's going over, right? So that concrete cement foundation or whatever is very, uh, those, those, those pilers, whatever you do, those are important. So we're going to talk about original design. We're going to talk about why it happened, where it came from. We're not going to get too in-depth about it, but we need to start there. But there's so much to know, and I'm just going to, to run through understanding. When you're dealing with divine health, you need to understand your rights and privileges in Christ now, what he's given you. Amen? Amen. What is What belongs to you legally. So I say that because legal is legal and vital is vital. So what we're doing is we're pulling from the legal and, and pulling into the vital, amen? Or we're pulling from the fourth dimension, which is the realm of the spirit, and letting it marry with the third dimension. You're living in the third dimension. If you're not walking through walls, you're not, your physical body is not living in the fourth dimension at the moment. If you're not being translated like Philip, but there are times where the fourth dimension meets third dimension. And so it is possible in the realm of the spirit for these things to happen, and it is God's plan. But we need to understand that, that what was done in Christ is done, and it's legal. But it's in the fourth dimension, and we and our faith is going to appropriate and pull it to meet third dimension. Does that make sense? All right, so <clears throat> that was free. I won't charge you for that. We need to understand it in the, in the light of redemption realities. We need to understand it as far as our authority as it pertains to divine health. We need to understand it as far as your responsibility. What's your side? There's a your side and there's a God side. There's a me side and there's a God side. Amen. Then you need to, you have a need to understand. And I'm, I'm, I'm going through these things because if you just write a little note, something may click in your heart and in your mind and go, you know what? I need to learn a little bit more about this particular subject as it pertains to divine health. And so as understanding blood covenant is huge. We don't understand that a lot here because we don't really do it. But it's huge. And uh, if you, if you want to understand Blood Covenant, uh, the first, the first uh, thing that comes to my mind is E.W. Kenyon's little book. The little book called Blood Covenant. And then Mark Hankins' book, The Bloodline of a Champion. You know, write that down. If you don't really understand blood and how it works and where it works and how God started that, that's huge. Amen. So appropriating faith, confession. Bringing that fourth dimension into the third. That's all I'm saying. Bringing the legal side to marry with the vital side. Walking in love. That's huge. We're not talking about that today. But that's huge. Amen. And so then I will say understanding the name of Jesus and the legalities behind the name of Jesus is super huge. That when you say in the name of Jesus, what does that mean? What is the power behind that? And so when you understand that, I hope Justin actually shares on that in his section of time. I, I can't make him, but he, he, I would love him to, but he may talk on prayer, which he does a great job no matter what he talks on. But the name of Jesus is amazing. And then I will say this, always seek relationship Amen. and fellowship. Yes. Don't seek, always spend so much time seeking 
I got to get this. What is the formula? Because you want to make it happen. You want to live healthy. I, I get that. But, but remember to say, God, what is my area in this that Pastor Lisa just read? What are some things that I need to pinpoint for my own life? Uh, understanding righteousness, that's huge. And so it's not that it's hard. It's just that you need, you need an understanding and a knowledge of, of how this works. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get healed until you understand all these things. Because God understands where you are. And he is, he is a father. You need to remember that he's a father. And so how we treated our babies when they were zero months, six months, two years, four years, five years, ten years. We did not treat our sons the way we did when they were two years versus ten years. We expected a lot more out of them at ten years of age. They had time. They had time. And so we expected a lot more out of them at 16 than we did at 10. And so God is the same way. He's a good father. He's the one that knows where you are, and he is so gracious and merciful. I got answers to prayer when I was a young baby Christian um, very quickly, very quickly, and especially in the area of healing, very quickly, like within minutes, within, within hours. Whereas as I got and grew older, it, I, I'm like, what? I, what? What? I can do this, you know. This has like happened immediately, like instantaneously. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for you to grow up. Ah, <laughs> oh, I gotta grow, you know. His desire is us. Number one, he has the gifts of the Spirit, and they're for us. But his number one desire is for us to grow in faith and learning how to appropriate our faith because he knows that you can take with you in any circumstance. You don't always have to be waiting for the prophet or the next word, and we don't undermine that. Those are gifts that God gave to the body of Christ. And get in there. Get in there. When they're flowing and those are special gifts flowing, get in there and get healed. And so we don't talk about them a lot, but we need to honor them because Jesus set them in the body. But I'm telling you that when you don't have that around you, you can always get it through growing in faith. Amen? And that's, that's wonderful. So let's go to Genesis 1. Let's go to Genesis 1, verses 26, I believe, through 28. Amen. Hallelujah. Good old-fashioned Sunday school. Amen? All right. So we're going to start in Genesis. Why don't we just start in the book of beginnings, right, and see what God said from the beginning because that's what we want to know. How did all this start in the first place? Amen? So I'm going to read this. Then God said, let us, that's me, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus was up there with him. Not in the name of Jesus or the form of Jesus, but he was all up there. Jesus actually made the world, and you can prove that in Hebrews 11. And the Holy Spirit hovered. You see, when the Holy Spirit hovers over void and chaos, and God says, let there be, then Holy Spirit makes it happen. So when Holy Spirit is allowed to hover over the chaos in your life, then you can say, let it be, and get an agreement with God, and that chaos can come into order. Amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit is for. That's what praying in the Spirit is for. Amen? Amen? And so it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Dominion means to, to, to come under control. You are to, you are to control. 
That is what dominion means. You are to control. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In Psalms 8, it says, over every living thing that passes through the paths of the waters or passes through the paths of the sea. We are not to be afraid of all these animals and all these things. I know things got corrupted. I know things got messed up. But as a born-again believer, redeemed from the curse of the law, we're not to be afraid of it. I don't, I don't suggest you going and jumping in a, in, a, in a pile of alligators in the middle of Lake Dora. But what I am saying that is if you find yourself in a situation where you are in moccasin snake-infested waters or in the sea and there's stingrays everywhere, you have dominion over them. And you can use the name of Jesus. So he said, let man, my man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Male and female has dominion. And male and female has been created in the image of God. Well, how, do, how, how, how is that possible? Listen, we don't always have to ask how. Just receive and take his word for it. Amen. If he doesn't go into detail, goes, well, I'm created in the image of God. Then God, this is where I want to go. Then God blessed them. What does that mean? I'm not going to go into the 15 di different definitions of bless, but I will say this, that the Greek, the Greek word there. Um, this is, this is Hebrew, obviously, but the Greek word for blessed is to be fully satisfied. Amen. Is to be fully satisfied and to receive God's favor regardless of circumstances. That's when he says, be blessed, he's saying, receive my favor regardless of circumstances. Be fully satisfied. And so that, that is what that means. And then he says, um, be fruitful and multiply the earth. So what does that mean? It means he wants you he wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to produce. You are not supposed to live an unproductive life. You are supposed to be producing for the kingdom of God. You can't do that while you're laying in a bed. You can't do that while you're dealing with junk, right? He said be fruitful. This is his original plan, his original design. Be blessed. He blessed, right? He blessed. He says, my favor is upon you. My favor that cannot be reversed, it is upon you. Amen? And I, I assure you, I want you to be fully satisfied. Then be fruitful and multiply. Well, how can you, be, how can you multiply when you're dead? Yeah. Young people aren't supposed to lose their lives Amen. at a young age. They're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Grandparents are supposed to be able to mentor their grandchildren not die in an early age when their grandbabies are little. They're supposed to mentor. The Bible talks about the generation to generation to generation. He talks about you when you're in your older years, what you're supposed to be doing. He did not ever design for you to lose your life before your time. Amen? So we're starting right here in Genesis 1. Fill the earth. How can you fill the earth if you're dead? How can you fill the earth if you can't produce Amen. He told you, fill the earth. Man, this is one of my faith scriptures right here. I'm going to fill the earth. Amen. <laughs> fill the earth and subdue it. Bring it under the control that God has given you. No, you're not to control people's hearts and minds. You, you don't control people, but you are to control the animals. 
I can't tell you of the times where I have had to speak to dogs that have run up to me to bite my leg while I'm riding a bike. I, I, I don't want to tell you right now of the time where I stepped on a stingray and it sent electric shock up my body and I felt like I was paralyzed for the next whatever, 10 minutes or so. Well, you know what? At that time, my mom had a very limited knowledge of the Word of God, but she had something. She knew that Jesus bore our pain. She had a revelation of that, and she had a, a, a limited revelation of the name of Jesus. But she grabbed me out of that ocean and said, don't worry. In the name of Jesus, she laid hands on me. Pain, you leave her. In Jesus' name, we don't have to have pain. He bore our pain. He bore it in Jesus' name. Not just sickness. This was an accident. He bore your pain. And so in, within 30 seconds, all the pain had left. All the, all the electricity had dried up from my body, which it, it was horrible in that 30 seconds. But then when it left, it was wonderful. Amen. And so don't be afraid. That's what I'm saying. He told you to fill the earth. He told you to subdue it. You bring these things under your control. Amen. And he said, now you have dominion. You, he said, you have it. You take dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Amen. I've had to take dominion over birds that were being weird. They're being weird, running, you know, flying around me in the carport. And he's like, what, what is wrong with you? You are a crazy, insane bird. Well, that doesn't help anything. You know, at that point, you know, you're just telling it what it is. You know, is that how you want it to be? Is that how you want it to stay? Take dominion over that dumb bird that's flying around you and, and, and pooping all over your car and won't leave, you know, day after day. And so, God, I know you think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I do this. I do this. I take authority over mosquitoes. Sometimes I've had more success with them leaving me alone than others. You know, you want to buy skin so soft and you want to buy that stuff and put it on your arms, fine. I'm just saying that I have to do it. I have to do it sometimes because things want to hurt you. And that's not the way God created. He wants you to take dominion over that. And so when he said, God bless them, I just wanted to say on that first. He blessed them. You say, I am blessed. He blessed me. I receive the favor of God regardless of circumstances. I say I will be fully satisfied with this life. He said that if I honor him, that with long life, he'll satisfy me. If you're not satisfied, you don't go. Amen. You get to choose when you go. Paul said, I, I have, I'm betwixt the two, whether I should go and be with the Lord, which is much better for me, or whether I should choose to remain, which is much better for you. And so he said, I have, I have the right to choose. Eventually, he did choose to go and be with the Lord. But he'd been in all those circumstances, chained, beat, left for dead. And at those points, he did not choose to go yet. Amen? So you, you get to choose. Amen? So let's go to Romans 5. Ready? Romans 5, 12. So there you go. There's Genesis. And we didn't read about the fall because you know what happened. Satan came in. Deceived Eve, did not deceive Adam. Adam went with Eve. Listen, I, I'll say this. If you're in a marriage relationship, in a marriage covenant, whether you're a man or a woman, there are certain ways you are to behave 
There are certain ways you are to behave in the covenant. There are certain ways that a man is to behave. There are certain ways a woman is to behave. If you don't know what those are, find out. Women are to respect their husbands. Men are to love their wives. Women, women, we all have been at places where we don't really understand what respect means. We give love to our husbands, but that's not their number one primary need. That's our primary need. But we have to learn how does God want us to truly love our husbands? Respect. Don't talk down to them. Don't talk down to them like you're their mother and you want them to do something for you. You know, (laughs) watch your mouth. Watch how you talk to them. That's called respect. When men are amongst each other, for the most part, when they're friends and, and normal normal men being friends, being around each other. They're, they're pretty good at respecting each other, the way they talk to each other, you know. But um, there's, a, there's a way to treat a man, and there's a way for a man to treat a woman, you know. So men are to give love in a way that a woman wants to receive it. So many times we give the gift that we want. Understand how your man works, man. Understand how your wife works. That's how, that's how God, when the two go together, it's really good. So Romans 5, 12. So here we are. We're going to read this. I love this. For by one, nope, nope. Therefore, just as through one man, who was at Adam, sin entered the world, and death came through sin. Where did death come? Where did, where did cessation of physical life come? It came through sin. So you dying, even dying now at 80 or 90, was not in the plan. That doesn't mean you're not going to die. I'm just saying that that last piece of death, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? That means you're going to be resurrected. You're not like done, right? Dead as a dog. But that last one will be put under feet by Jesus, where there will be no more after that. But you don't have to live a dying life. Amen. Amen. And so it says, therefore, if you understand, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death came through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. All right, so what is death? And then I'm going to read this verse a little different. What is death? Death, or what is sickness? Sickness is incipient death. What's incipient? Slow. Slow death. When you get a cold, when you're throwing up, when you get the flu, you feel horrible. <laughs> you know, you, something, it's, something's not right. You get a virus, you get an infection, da-da-da. You know, there's bacteria in the air, da-da-da. So it's, sickness is just slow death. That's all it is. And so sickness and death correlate together. Amen? And so we can read it like this. Therefore, just as through one Man, sin entered the world, and sickness came through sin. Thus, death or sickness spread to all men because all sinned, right? So then that is just, that's not anything that you did. It came through Adam. That's the way it is, okay? And so it's here, but you have dominion over it. Amen. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. That's a part of the curse. And so when it says Colossians 1... Just write that down, Colossians 1, I don't know, starts at verse 9 or something like that, Um, 9 through 16 or 14 through 16. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. 
and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. Anything that the darkness represents, you've been delivered from that. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus who went about doing what? Doing, he went about doing bad. He went about doing good. And then it says what that good was. Healing all. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Let, let, let me tell you something. At the root of it all, if you don't even know what the name is, you don't have to know what the name is. I'm not saying that God can't show you things. and, and you, I'm just saying that at the root of, the all, you, root of it all, you can actually say, in Jesus' name, you foul devil, you foul sickness, you foul oppression, whatever you are, I don't have to know the name to cast you out. You get off me in Jesus' name. You get off me. I don't know what you are. I don't know. I just know you are an oppression. You get off me in Jesus' name. You pain, you leave me. You whatever, you, you call it out, whatever it is, because Jesus said, we need to call things what Jesus said. They are. Jesus went about doing good, healing all how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. It's good for you to feel good. It's good for you to walk in health. Ephesians 2, 10, I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works that he has prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. If you can't walk, you're not walking in the good works. There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to get truth into you so you can go and you can accept that. You got to go back and read that. Read that verse. I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that I should walk in them. He prepared beforehand, before the beginning of time, that Kenny Robertson, Cindy Robertson, Chloe, right, and we are designated and designed. There's an assignment on you from God. There's an assignment on you from God for his plans and his hands to be upon you to do whatever good work he's asked you to do. And so you, if you want to walk in the good works of God, you're going to have to get 100% fully committed and submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's really the only way to walk in his good works is to say, I submit, I commit my all to you. I commit all to you. There's no half in and half out. There's just not. And I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. It's just the way it is, right? It's just the way it is. We're all in. Can't have one foot in, one foot out. Like I I want God on this side, but I don't really want him to deal with this side. No, it's all in. Because in order for us to walk in those good works, we got to be all in. Amen? All right, so let's go down to verse 17 of Romans chapter 5. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. Death was not reigning before the offense. Only life reigned before the offense. No sickness in the garden. No, no runny noses. No flu. No, no messed up, chaotic bodies. By one man's offense, remember sin brought death. Death reigned through the one much more. Everybody say much more. Much more now those, say that's me, those who receive the abundance of grace. Or you could say favor, right? There's that word again, grace, favor. It's, 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 It's a gift that you don't deserve. You don't work for it. You don't deserve it. But God's given it to you anyways. Salvation or you getting born again was a gift. 
This is something that he did for you that you can't do for yourself. But in salvation, the word salvation means sozo. It means way more than just die and go to heaven. It means healing. It means prosperity. It means favor in every area of your life. Amen. And you say, Lord, I receive the abundance of grace that you've given to me. Right? That's what you say. I receive. So those to those, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Say gift. Say righteousness is a gift. Right? It was given to me. I didn't have to earn it. Say I am righteous by faith in the blood of Jesus. I am righteous only by faith. In the blood of Jesus. That's why we lift our hands on Sunday morning. That's why we express our joy to him and say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to his word. If you can't lift your hands and you can't praise the Lord, I don't care whether you have a good voice or not. You need to lift your hands on Sunday morning. And when they're singing goodness of God, say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for your goodness. Oh, thank you for the faithfulness to your word. Amen. Everybody, everybody, nobody's exempt. Amen. Every mouth should be moving and giving glory to God. Amen. Much more those. I will tell you what happens. The Lord told me that when you give glory to God, he said to me one time, if you'll walk through your house and in the midst of your pain and in the midst of what's going on, if you'll just give me glory and open your mouth, I'm telling you my manifest presence will show up in that room and in that atmosphere around you. Because the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. It says he's enthroned. He's enthroned on the praises of Israel. That means his throne, his manifest presence comes down and sits right in the middle of someone giving glory. You may not know everything. You may not understand everything by faith. I know I didn't, but one thing I did understand. When he said that, I just started giving him glory. And when I started giving him glory, I started receiving strength in my Bible. I didn't maybe understand everything about the blood fully. I didn't understand everything about righteousness fully. Maybe there's a lot I didn't understand. But I did understand authority. And I did understand that when he said, give me glory, you just obey. Amen. And when I started praising him and giving him glory, everything started changing in the atmosphere Amen. around my home. Amen. Those are just two little things. You know, when he speaks to you specifically, but you've got to get to know him. You've got to pray in the spirit and let the spirit of God pinpoint to you what is it in you that he needs to put his finger on and go, okay, I'm going to show you this. You got this here. You got this here. But I'm going to show you this here. Amen. And so that's why this isn't a formula. Just do one, two, three, four, and you're good. No, it's not that way. All these things are true, what I'm saying. But you are an individual, and God knows where you're tripped up. He knows where you're tripping. And so that's where you pray in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it may take hours. Not for him to answer, but for you to get your soul quiet so you can hear him and go, ah. And then he may not talk to you at that moment, but he may talk to you the next morning when you wake up. Like he did to me one morning, and I was bed fast for about three months. Kenny, Kenny remembers. He doesn't remember everything probably, but the band had to help me up on stage. I had to walk between him and Kevin or somebody, him and whoever, and, and they had to lift me up on stage. They'd lift me up, and they'd set me on that piano stool, and I'd play. <laughs> By the grace of God, I'd play, and we would sing, and then sometimes I almost fell off the stool during the announcements. 
So it was very strange. God, the grace of God was on me while I was singing and worshiping and playing with the band. But the minute we stopped singing and worshiping, I felt like I was getting ready to fall off the stool and faint. <laughs> it was an awful feeling. Well, I would just start worshiping quietly under my breath and thanking him. And so I didn't fall off the stool. But um, then I would go and I would lay down on my couch during the sermon because I didn't have the strength to sit up anymore. So that's a story for another time. But I will say this. He woke me up one morning. I've been praying in tongues a long time. He woke me up one morning and he said, Philippians 4, 4 through 8 is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. It's not one of the original Ten Commandments, but he said it's a commandment. I told you to rejoice. Amen. Always. I feel like crap, God. I hurt so bad. I told you to rejoice and stop worrying. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanks. You're not thanking me enough. Let your request be made known to God. And, the, and then the peace, and then only then will the peace of God, yeah. which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You yeah. see, I was having trouble with my mind. Yeah. I'd slipped into panic attack world where they came, whether I was thinking bad or not. They could come at any time. They could come at any time and debilitate me at any time. So it's hard to leave the home because you don't know when that panic attack is going to hit because now they had become automatic. And so... Horrible, horrible, horrible feeling to go through that. But, hey, I reversed my mind. I reversed my thinking. I reversed whatever was going on there, and all of that stopped. But it didn't stop overnight. But that's what I'm talking about, praying in the Spirit. I know we're talking about healing right now. But I'm telling you, if you don't get God's mind on your specific where am I tripped up, you're not going to get the answer. And so he, for me, he said, I told you to rejoice. So I started rejoicing in my bed. I felt a little better. I started rejoicing as much as I could. Felt a little better. And then I said, I cast the care of this on you. I cast the care. I refuse to worry. And then the devil said, but what if this happens? I said, I refuse to worry. And I told the Lord, because the devil said to me, and then I said it to the Lord, what if that happens? There's nothing to rejoice about if that happens. I'm mad. (laughs) There's nothing to rejoice about if that happens. He said, do you love that more than you love me? You've idolized that or whatever was going on. You have put that on a pinnacle in your heart and a pinnacle in your life. And if that something happens to that, then you're mad at me and that's become God to you. Am I your God? I know he was talking to me like this. He doesn't always talk to me like this. It's like very rare. But... (laughs) But I needed to be talked to. He needed to grab me in that moment. He doesn't yell at me all the time, you know. I'm just saying that it had to be like loud in me. But praying in the spirit is what brought it to me. It's what made me hear it, the sensitivity of it. You put that on a pinnacle in your life. He said to me, and this was a hard saying, he said, if that happens, do you still love me? If that happens, am I still your God? I said, yes, sir. And will you still rejoice in me if that happens? Wow. I cried. I cried, but that, that, that junk left me. I said, I will rejoice no matter what. He said, that's what I wanted to hear. 
But that was the turning point in my body. Amen? I, did, I wasn't going to go there, but someone needed it. You know, what the, you know what the wonderful thing about Sunday school is? Is because, because the people that are here and their situations, and God knows your situations, your heart is crying out, and it draws on me, draws on pastor. When you're physically here, it's drawing stuff yeah. out that we didn't plan to say. But if we'll pray before we come up and preach, God will just go, go here, go here. I want you to say this. I wasn't planning to say that, Lord. That's it, not in my notes. I don't have time to say that. That's for class three. <laughs> but that's not what God said. He's like, just go there. I'm, I know I'm preaching. I, may, I, get, I talk fast when I preach. But, hey, you guys have a pen. Write the verses down. Philippians 4, go read them yourself. He told me to rejoice. He said, that's a commandment. I order you to rejoice. (laughs) I order you to stop worrying about this situation. I order you to be anxious for nothing. And I also order you to stop worrying about if the word of God doesn't work for you. Because I was worrying about everything. Major things that were worrying about. The things I was worried about is what got me in the state I was. He, he, he said, stop worrying about if something doesn't happen. I, I don't even want you worrying about that. I have to catch myself even now and go, I refuse to be anxious about that. I refuse to be anxious about the alchemy of this. Because, because if I stay on it too long in my head, and this is about good things. I, I'm helping people. I'm doing things with people. I'm, I'm wanting to help people. But, but God's all, all of a sudden, he's having to, to correct me and go, you give that to me. I told you, you don't even worry about this. And you helping this person. Yeah. I said, okay, okay. And then I just start thanking him and rejoicing. And um, But I can feel, I can feel it starting to try to return to my body. And the minute I go, no, in Jesus' name, I refuse to work. Then it all goes, Amen. right? So it's not just one and done. We're good. That happened in 2008. I'm good. I got the word from God. No, you. I have to live that out now the rest of my days. Because Satan would like to trap me up again. Amen. So then I never got through Romans 5, but hey, this is good anyways. So, for by one man's offense, verse 17, one man's offense, that was Adam, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive, that's me, the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will what? Will reign in life. Well, what does that look like, people? What does it look like? You're all downtrodden. Everything's taking advantage of you. You're all the down and outers, and you don't, you're poor, and you're broke, and you're sick. That's not reigning in life. He said you've been seated in heavenly places with Christ. Is Christ poor and sick and broke and under the foot of the devil? No. No. He said you'll reign in life by the one Jesus Christ right now, right now in life. Amen? And that's when you say, no, I bring this under subjection to me in Jesus' name. I bring this pain under subjection. I bring what just happened. I had a wasp hit me the other day, but I didn't know it. I didn't know. I was working out in the jasmine, you know. Don't work out in the jasmine in spring. But anyways, I was. I didn't even know it hit me. Didn't know it until until yesterday. I didn't even know it until this morning, until my... Finger was all swollen up, and it hurt and felt like I had arthritis in my ring finger. I'm like, what in the world? You get off me in Jesus' name. But, you know, if you'll pray, and God will just show you, hey, you, hey, you got hit by you got hit by a bug, and he showed me the bite. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, we're two days into this now, and, 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 and my finger is just as stiff as a board, and i got to play guitar this morning. 
He says, go get some baking soda and put it on it right now. So it's, it's, and, and rebuke it. Rebuke the pain. You have dominion over that at that wasp. Amen. Yeah. And so now it's, it's 80% well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, hey, it's just little things like that. You got, it was a word of knowledge. You got bit and you didn't know it. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so now, through one man, Jesus Christ, right? I'm telling you that. One man's righteous act, the free gift. Everybody say it's free. It's a gift. I don't have to earn it. Came to me. Say it. The free gift came to me by Jesus' act of righteousness, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered so the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded way much more. Now, there's your orig origin. Okay, that's your origin of sickness and disease. Death came because of sin. Do you understand that? All right, so it was not here. Then Satan entered, and here it comes. So a lot of things got corrupted. A lot of things got corrupted. We won't go there. But the truth is, now it is a reversal. Amen? Now life enters because of one man's righteous act, and that's Jesus Christ, your, right, your Lord. Amen? And so let's go then to John 14. Now we're going to switch, and we're going to talk about a little bit about the character and the will of God. The character and the will of God. And I know you all know this. I know many of you know this, but you need to know it all the time. Faith can only work in your heart, and faith is what Hebrews 1 says that God is pleased by faith. He that comes to God must believe that he's a rewarder and, and of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is actually a substance. Yeah. It's not just this ethereal mindset. It, faith is substance. He calls it substance. Faith is a substance. It's actually the replacement of what the manifestation of what you're looking for. It's the replacement until that manifests. Faith is substance of those things you hope for. It is the evidence. It's the title deed of that, right? Faith is something you uh, hope for. It is the evidence of things that you can't see in the vital realm, in the third dimension, in the natural realm. Amen? Amen. So, so where, where the will of God and the character of God is not known, faith will not work. If you don't know really what he'll do, it won't work. Amen? Well, because you hear people parrot, say all kinds of things. Sometimes God does evil things to, to teach people things. You know where they get it from? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where they get it from. They're reading the Old Testament. They're reading the book of Amos. They're, re they're reading. They're not just coming up with this, okay? They're not trying to be weird or dumb. They're reading. They're just, they're, and, and the children of Israel disobeyed, and the plague came, you know, and the children. And so in De Deuteronomy, in certain translations, it says, I will put, I will put, I will put none of these diseases that I put on the Egyptians. Well, why are you just taking one translation's word for it? Why don't you read the Hebrew translation? They, they have one that you can actually read in English. In, in many, it says, I'll permit none of these diseases. I'll permit none of these diseases to come on you. 
And so there is always consequence for sin. Do you understand that? There's always consequence for sin. And there was much consequence for sin because they were a stubborn and stiff-necked people. And so what? God's like, I'm going to beat you over the head with a hammer if you don't obey me. That's not the issue. His hand lifts off you. And the devil's able to do whatever he wants to with you. That's, that's all that, because all that comes from him. It says, he, Jesus, went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He didn't say healing all that were oppressed of God. So he, when, when it says in the Old Testament, I'm going to put this on them and I'm going to put that on them. I mean, certain denominations are going, oh, my God. And then they, they get all that stuff put on them and then they return back to God and they repent. Yes, that does happen. When you, get, you know, when you get under the pressure and you get under the heat, many times you will go back to God. And it will produce a good thing. Because, but you didn't have to go that route. You could have just obeyed him first off, right? And so that's what they're saying. That's what they're doing. But that's why you need to read the New Testament. You need to read the New Testament in Revelation. Once you get revelation of what Jesus did, you can go backwards and read the Old Testament. But don't read the Old Testament first. You might get a little screwed up, you know, even though it's all good. So then let's go to John 14. I'm looking at the screen, and there's just no screen, so i got to look at my Bible too. <laughs> no, Colleen, I want to give Colleen a break. Praise the Lord. Amen. Colleen needs to be able to come to Sunday school. Amen. Praise the Lord. And Tracy too. Tracy's been a blessing on the media. John 14, are you ready? All right, so here we go. Verse 7. Let's start with 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I'm the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also but from now on, you know him and you have seen him. How did they see him? They saw Jesus. Thank you. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will be good for us. Jesus said, have I been with you so long yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. What did Jesus do? Jesus went about all the villages preaching teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus said, if you see me and whatever I'm doing, you've seen the Father. That is the Father's nature. That is his character because he's now showing his character through Jesus. Father God is not mean up there with the baseball bat, and Jesus is the nice guy. Jesus said, if you see what I've done, You've seen my father. That's his heart for you. Amen. All right. And so whatever you see me do, do you believe, do you not believe, verse 10, that I am in the father? He said he's in the father and the father's in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the works. The father who's dwelling in me is the one doing the works, is the one healing the sick. Talking about character. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. That's what he wants first from you. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. We're one. Or else, if you can't believe me for that, believe me for the sake of the works themselves. 
And then he goes on to say powerful verse. Most assuredly, verse 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask or make a demand for in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You are not supposed to be viewing yourself as the woman at the issue of blood running down the corridor trying to get a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. That's a wonderful scripture, but that's not how you're supposed to see yourself. You're supposed to see yourself on the other side of the cross where Jesus said, the works that I did, the works that I do, you're going to do them also. You need to see yourself not grabbing hold of the hem of the garment so you can get what you need from God. You need to see yourself doing the works of Jesus. You are the carrier. You're the carrier of life so sinners can get a hold of the anointing that's on you because you're a believer, right? In my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, that's the last, that's the last command he gave. He said, he who believes on me and is baptized will be saved. Then he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. Listen, he wouldn't have told you that if he didn't mean it. You're going to cast out more devils in your life than maybe in the life of another because you have total control and dominion over your life and what you allow in it. And so this is not you just going to someone and casting the spirit out of someone. This is you're going to cast out devils in your life. You're going to take dominion over them. And once you get a handle on that, that will build your faith. And then you're going to take dominion over to someone else and you're going to help their faith. Amen. So you're to see you doing the works of Jesus. Amen. That's what you're to see. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen what? You've seen the Father. Amen. Glory to God. So I'm going to read 10. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Luke 10, 19. You can write that down. Jesus said, behold, I give you. Behold, I give you the authority. Behold, Tracy, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Anything that's bad, anything that hurts, right? That's what he said. I give you the authority. I give you the authority to trample on that sickness and disease. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And then he covered it all, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. If it hurts you, it's from Satan. If it hurts your body, if it hurts your mind, if it hurts your heart, it's from Satan. And you tell him, get off me in Jesus' name. I don't have to have a name for you. Get off me. I got a name, you foul devil. Get off me in Jesus' name. You don't have to Google it. You don't have to look on the Internet. I'm not saying that you can't find some things out, but if you start reading Google, you're going to get messed up. You're going to become googly. Do you understand? You're going to be messed up. If you go, what about this? What about that? Man is limited in his knowledge. Man is limited in his power. Man is limited in his actions. He only can go so far. He does a lot of guessing. I've experienced that in the last two weeks with someone we're trying to help. And and, and I hate it. They just guess. They do the best they can. I have to work on my love walk and just go, I plead the blood. I forgive. You know, I have to do that because I want to get mad. But you know what? You, you, you hold on to your faith. You hold on and say, no, God's working on this situation. I believe he's working. I'm just going to keep praying, praying in the spirit until we got it. We got it until we got it until we got it coming into the natural. Amen. All right. So let's go to this and Matthew 10, seven and eight. And I know it's 948, but I'm okay with that. 
I can jump up on stage within two minutes. I told my band, be ready. <laughs> jump up on stage. And they are so great. They're all ready. They are ready. Okay. Verse 7. And as you go, preach. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the kingdom of heaven? He's getting ready to explain it to you. The kingdom of heaven is destruction, sickness, sometimes sickness, sometimes health. Is that what it says in verse 7 and 8? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, not make them sick, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He just described to you what the kingdom of heaven is. He said it is preaching the gospel, healing the sick, right? Raising the dead, yeah. cleansing the lepers, right? All right, freely, I've given this gift to you. Now you go give it to others. Amen. That's all the kingdom of heaven is. So we know that if anything that's apart from preaching, healing the sick, cleansing lepers, raising dead, casting out demons, is not a part of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Freely you have received, freely give. Now let's go to Matthew 12, 24 to 29. I think not many people read this, but I'm going to read it because we hear it so much. God does this sometimes, God doesn't. You know, and, and sometimes it looks like in your life that he is doing something to teach you. Hey, maybe you can learn a lesson. Listen, I've learned a lesson from being disobedient from God. I've learned lessons, and you, you come out better on the other side. But you didn't have to disobey. But take it and say, you know what, that's something I'm not going to do again. And I've learned a good lesson, and God was merciful to me. But don't go around saying God did it to you. You learn <laughs> because you learned. And we're glad. There are some people that have lessons, and they never learn. So don't be on that side. Amen? All right. I mean, if God was doing it to all these people that are in the hospital, then everybody would be learning a lesson, and everybody would come out on the other side and go, I'm submitted now. And they're not submitted. <laughs> so that lesson did not work for them. Amen? Amen? All right. So Matthew 12, 24. Here we go. When the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons, which is Satan. Beelzebub is a name for Satan. Beelzebub. It says that Jesus is casting out demons by demons. By the ruler. But Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, you're right, sometimes I do do that. Sometimes I don't. No, he said every kingdom divided against itself is brought to what? Desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is what? He is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So Jesus is rebuttaling this. And if I, Jesus, cast out demons by Satan or Beelzebub, well, then by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can you enter a strong man's house and plunder of goods unless you first bind the strong man? And then you can get his goods. You can plunder his house. Verse 30, he who is with me is, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. There is no division of kingdom here. He is against the devil. 
Amen. And he just plainly stated that. I will say this. I'm just going to read this to you. You don't have to go there. Same chapter, verse 12. He talks about what man is there among you? They got onto him for someone going and, you, you know, in, in uh, some, him doing a work on the Sabbath. And so that was the, the scripture and the story of the man with the withered hand, right? And he said, now he departed from there. Verse 9, went to synagogue. Behold, there's a man with a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal, do, do work on the Sabbath? Because you're not allowed to work. You're not even allowed to push an elevator button on the Sabbath. That's what ha- happened in Israel. I mean, the Jews would get a, the, the, the high sect of Jews, not all of them, the ones that called themselves religious. We call them the black hats. They get on the elevator. On Friday, starting from 6 to Saturday, they, they would just ride the elevator until it get off at their floor. They weren't allowed to push a button. I mean, are they allowed to flush a toilet? I, I don't know. It was just crazy, crazy stuff. And so these guys would just ride the elevator until someone pushed a button that they were getting off on their floor. So what people would do then, they would just start pushing all the buttons knowing that the Jews weren't going to push a button. The, the, the high sect of Jews. And so I'm like, man, that's crazy. Okay, that's just crazy. But Jesus said, what man is there among you who has one sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. He's going to get among you, Pharisees. If your sheep falls in a hole, you're going to get it out on the Sabbath. You're being, you're being what is it, two-faced, Right? You're being hypocritical of how much more value is this man right here with a withered hand. Amen. We are much more valuable than a sheep. Yeah. So if you're going to go get your goat out of the hole or your sheep, then I can heal this man's withered hand and, yeah. and be quiet. Amen. And so that's his character. Praise the Lord. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I am going to show you something real quick, and then at 9.55 or 9.56, I'm going to stop. So I think I really do need to pray at 8.55. But what I do in my Bible, I, I will tell you this. I go throughout my Bible, and I start with Matthew, right? And I say, I start marking stuff. You need to get your pen out, and I read these over and over. Like, well, I know this. We did this. Pastor preached this. You don't know it. You don't know it. Stop saying, I know this. No, you heard it and you agreed with it. And every Sunday you agree with it. And we have some world championship, world championship mental ascenters. And it has to come through somewhere. comes through your mind. Sometimes it comes directly to your heart. Your mind goes, I don't really know if that's true, but somehow my heart knows it's true. So it can come both ways. But, But just because you agreed with pastor or you agree with me today doesn't mean that you know it. Yes. Until it gets down in your heart. Heart is, is heart faith, right? Yeah. And so let me ask you this. The Bible and the word of God and you putting your eyes on it and you reading it, not letting these scriptures depart from you, is like you eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yes, you know that Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yes, you know you like it. But you eating it again today and you ate it yesterday, 12 hours later, 24 hours later, yeah. whatever it is. Amen. And then you'll eat it the next day because you really like Chick-fil-A. And then you'll read it. You had to say, yeah, I remember that. I love steak. Yeah, but you didn't just eat it one time. You eat it two times, maybe three times that week because you know you love and your body is hungry. Your spirit is hungry whether you know it or not. 
And you're going to go back to that same verse, that same one you marked, and go, okay, I'm ready to eat again. If you're going to eat, it's like food. Jesus said, and that's where I'll start and that's where I'll end. Jesus said, man shall not live, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4 of Matthew. This is where I started as a young girl. I started marking in my Bible. Highlight, chapter 4, verse 4. Matthew, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You, you will not live just by natural food. Yes. You will not be strong spiritually unless you eat every day. The same scriptures, the yeah. same sandwich, the yeah. same steak. You don't got it. Yeah. You don't got it. You'll, you'll get it the next day when you eat it. But you don't got it from the day before or the year before when you agreed with pastor. That was you agreeing, and that's, that's a good start. But you don't got it until you eat your food every day. Amen. Amen. Every day you open up. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then I mark verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of diseases, all kinds, all kinds. Nothing is discluded, all kinds, weird kinds, stupid kinds, dumb kinds, horrific kinds, all kinds. And so that, that covers you. Amen? All kinds. And then I would flip, and I'd keep, I'd keep. And he healed them. Various diseases and torments. If you're tormented in your mind, you tell, you go from me, you foul devil. You go from me, depression. You go from me, oppression. Jesus heals me of this. He took this on the cross. Why? Because I went through my Bible, and I started marking, and then all of a sudden, I found Matthew 8, 17, and we're going to close with this. But here's what it said. Is it Jesus went all uh, about the cities? Is uh, da 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 da? Eight seventeen. Where am I? And I bypassed it. When evening had come, verse sixteen, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah fifty three. Go back to Isaiah fifty three. Now it's in Matthew. He himself took our infirmities. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He's talking about what he's about to do, right? But he's talking about what Isaiah prophesied. And Isaiah says, surely he bore my pain. So it talks about sin and then it talks about sickness. Remember, in Isaiah, sin, sickness, sin, sickness. The punishment for my peace was upon you. The punishment for me to have peace was put upon Jesus. Peace in your body, peace in your soul, peace in your spirit. The punishment. Why? Because sin is consequence, uh, brings consequence. And so, praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to read one scripture, and then I am really going to close. Jesus said, chapter 8. This is the end of my really wanting to show you this. Jesus, if you have any problem with his will, Jesus put us, we come down from the mountain. Great multitudes followed him. Chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8. Behold, a leper came and worshiped him. Y'all need to take note of that. Worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, he knew he was able. He saw the power. He saw people getting healed. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Amen. There you go. I am willing. And so then later on in Hebrews, it says, or another scripture says, God's no respecter of persons. Because he was willing then, he's willing now. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give, 
to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.